We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We're here. What up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Corner Podcast. Kel Dansby here with the old man, Andreas Hell. San Francisco 49ers out. And you guys know he'll be like this every single show. If you listened to the show earlier this week, we are coming at you guys from Blue Wire Studios here in the Wynn Resort in Las Vegas. Dre, we are talking MMA today, but it seems like compared to all the other combat sports, we haven't talked to MMA in a second. It's just been quiet since yeah. the pay-per-view. It's just it's quiet out here for MMA. What we do have, though, is some dope, dope content up on our Patreon. So if you guys haven't subscribed to that, please go and check that out right after you're done listening to this MMA show. $5 gets you into the Corner Club tier. You guys get exclusive episodes every week. You get to see the video of every podcast we do, every single one. Is up there. You see our pretty faces. Shout out to everyone in the booth, making sure we stay that way. And then on a $10 tier, you guys get the opportunity to be on our Corner Club fan show every single month, which we're recording next week. So I'll be doing that next Thursday, even though it's Super Week, Super Bowl week here in Vegas. I'll take the time out, make sure you guys are able to jump on the show. We'll talk about whatever topics you want for being in that $10 tier. So we really, really appreciate you guys' support. It's popping already on there. A lot of people signed up. I'm shocked. Uh, usually it's the old man who's shocked and pessimistic. So uh, it's it's great to see the amount of people who have already followed, who are enjoying the content, who are commenting, liking the videos, everything up on there. If you haven't, $5, less than anything you can get at McDonald's nowadays. Make a sandwich at home, and trust me, spend that extra bread. Show support to your boys. It is really, really fun up there. We have a hip-hop show that we just recorded and put up up there this week. That was really cool, talking about Nikki talking about the beefs and what it means in hip-hop and the Lovers and Friends Festival. That's really cool. Social clips bombarding you guys all the time. So you guys get little peeks into what we do on Patreon. But again, thank you for showing your support on there. Dre, this one is free for the peoples. It is MMA. And Dana White and the UFC are as quiet as I've seen them in a long time. And I can't really figure out why. <laughs> I'm trying to put my finger on it of when it kind of changed. Stuff has been different recently. Dana breaking all these fights on like his own Twitter and Instagram. 
takes a lot away from the presentation of MMA and the UFC specifically for me. It just felt better and different when Ariel was breaking news. Yeah. And people were scooping stuff or ESPN would, Brett Okamoto would break news or something like that. Like, it's a little bit too in-house now. And there's, like, nothing special that, like, hypes me up. And the fights are good, but it's not like we have uh, Conor McGregor at the moment or anything like that to really get you excited. Yeah, it's it's, it's, it's an interesting time. I mean, I guess we, where, where I'd like to start is the news. It's today's Thursday, so by the time you guys hear it, you'll know exactly the process. Dustin Poirier was booked to fight Benoit Saint-Denis. Yeah. Poirier was like, I ain't booked that shit. <laughs> fight's off. Fight ain't happening. And then I guess a few hours later, it's like, all right, my manager figured it out. Fight's on. Manager it, found a couple more coins that's in the purse. purse. Just I, the- <laughs> I promise that, like, we know what happened. The UFC prematurely jumped the gun. Sure. UFC said, oh, we can get this fight book. Poirier and his people, Poirier specifically, was like, uh, why are we going to fight this dude? Because if we win, we get nothing out of it. So I need some more money. Yep. And they probably went, they was like, five, you know, Daniel, five rounds. It's not even a main event. It's a five-round fight. And I'm sure Poirier's team was like, no, man, we're not going to fight some dude that you guys are trying to build off of Dustin's name for, like, some pennies. No. So I'm sure they haggle for that. But it feels like the UFC's trying to control the narrative of all the fights getting announced. Um, we're still waiting for the UFC 300 main event. And we'll discuss that because I'm, I'm... What's your pick there? Bro, I honestly don't know. Like, I, I feel like it has to be Duplessis and Adesanya. I can't think of another fight that would main event that card over a fake title. <laughs> I'm just being honest. It's Gaethje and Holloway is the main event right now. Yeah. Like, you pick, you pick any other fight on that, like, any other championship fight on that card, it ain't the main event. No, it's it has to kind of be Connor. I don't think it's going to be Connor. I'm almost convinced that we're getting to a point where Connor might not fight again, like at all. But I said this before. Yeah, I I, I don't believe like Connor wants to fight, but Connor knows what he's worth, and it's the UFC's worst nightmare. Like no matter what they say, we'll give you twenty, and Connor's like, no, I should get sixty. And it's a bad precedent because the UFC don't pay nobody that kind of money. And I believe Conor wanted to fight at 300. And they pushed him to International Fight Week. And Conor's like, I don't want to fight on International Fight Week. I don't care. Like, I want to fight here. It's, I don't think it'll be Conor. Uh, could be. It could be him and Chandler. But then, I mean, then you have a, a whole other dilemma in the sense that, all right, well, that's got to be the main event, right? Of course. Ain't no title in that fight. And your second fight's for a BMF fight title, and then your third fight is for an actual title. Yeah. The women's strawweight title. That'd be fine with me. But what do you think about the people saying that if Conor fights Chandler, that's where Dana finally takes the leap and redoes the division? No. Everyone, that's like the conspiracy theory online, the Reddit MMA community, where they're like, yo... That it's going to be Connor versus Chandler, and they're going to change 170 to 175 and make a belt at 165, and the winner of Connor and Chandler is going to be champion at 165, and that's how you get a title, main event in UFC 300. Let me be very clear about something. That's uh, a great idea in, like, normal aspects, by the way. They should have been done that, but whatever. Right. 
they don't want to make another Conor McGregor, and they're having a hard enough time with the one that they do have. If you allow Conor McGregor to reshape weight classes, you're creating an even bigger monster, right? You, again, the, the, the dickhead Kanye West once said, no one man should have all that power. Conor's got too much power. If you create a weight division for that man to get a title, you can't tell him shit. I mean, they created 145 before. I mean, but 145 was... But like a what? Like the women, they've created 140. They've created literal divisions that had no rankings, no nothing, so people can have a title. But you were creating... And they weren't Conor McGregor. But you were creating a weight class that existed in other promotions. This weight class doesn't exist at all. No. So if you're... Everyone takes that weird-ass jump. Yeah, it's, it's 45, 55, 70, 85. It's like it's, the weight classes are crazy. They should have restructured this, but they won't allow Connor to be the reason why they make a new weight class. That's because now you gotta you have to reshape everything. Because if you if you do a 65, then what do you do? 65, 75, 85? Yeah. So if you do 65, 75, Leon 85 becomes the 75 champion automatically. You move him you, up and those rankings stay the same for 75. And you say if you're at 70 or if you're at 55, we'll let you compete at 65 yeah, they, if you want. They, there's no way you could like there's again, it can't be because of Connor. It has to be a UFC decision. It can't be a Conor McGregor decision. I don't think that's what's going to happen. I don't think the UFC wants another Conor McGregor problem. I think they've realized very quickly that Conor McGregor being in the UFC has been to their detriment. Like, he was great when they sold the company for $4 billion. I was going to say, they, he was great when they needed him to be great. Yeah, but, but they, they got the bag. But they, they've purposefully shifted away from creating stars and just creating fights. Like, dude, we just watched a fucking fight card. With Sean Strickland versus Drickus Duplessis and Raquel Pennington versus Myra Buena Silva. Who gives a fuck about that? Like, the UFC clearly doesn't care about building stars. They just want you to watch fights. And they have a fan base that'll buy pay-per-views and they're trained to buy. Yeah, and who's the biggest star in the UFC? It's Dana White. Yeah. So you can't, you can't give Conor that kind of leverage, man. You can't tell him, oh, we created a weight class. And he'll be like, ah, you fucking created it for me. Ha, 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 lucky charms and all that bullshit. And then, then he may not still fight. Oh, there's no guarantee Connor shows up to fight you. At, at all. And then, like, bro. My biggest problem is there's no guarantee Connor makes 165. There's so Even many if things. if you create the division for him, 165 is still a cut for the current iteration of Connor McGregor, who looks about 185. Hey. I'm not watching that Roadhouse movie, but in that movie, he at least two billion. I'm watching the Roadhouse movie. Are you watching? I'm not watching. It's free. It's on Prime. Of course I'm watching. I got to see Jake Gyllenhaal and Conor McGregor go at it. Like I we, saw him when they recorded it. I know. We was, was there. Yeah. I'm going to watch it. But that's my point. It's like, yo, he, he's such, he overshadows the UFC, and that's not what the UFC needs right now. Like, they don't want stars. They need stars. They don't. They They're don't. better with stars. To who? To the, f I understand they got a bag. I don't know. How, I think. I'm not positive. I think they're renegotiating their television rights contract, which would mean that, all right, cool, they're doing what they can and the numbers have to be there to secure the money they want. But I think they're probably going to get the money they want anyway. Yeah. Um, but when you have stars and you continue negotiating future, you want to build new fans. Because right now they're living off of the 20-year-olds from the year 2005. And now we're at 20, damn near 2025, 2024. 
And those people are mid-40s. Still, still buying pay-per-view. Still growing it up. Growing it up. So your, your fan base now is 45 through 55 of hardcore fans. Mm-hmm. And that was great. And you're in the same place boxing was in in like 1990. Where it's like Tyson could still sell. You went through the 80s and those people were still diehards and stuff was great. They saw the shit in the 70s because they were like 20 and they romanticized all that. And the 90s are cool and they'll spend their money and, and you have pay-per-view, Tyson, De La Hoya, blah, blah. And then next thing you know, they're 55, 65 and they stop buying your shit. And you're like, yo, our fan base is old. How do we get new fans? And you're in a pickle because you haven't built them for 20 years because you didn't want star power. You didn't want to put people on Twitch and streaming, which O'Malley does a great job of. And Adesanya do a great job of, but kind of for themselves. So if they got a boxing bag, they're leaving tomorrow. Mm -hmm. They're building themselves, not necessarily building the UFC. The UFC needs a star. People say whatever they want for Conor McGregor. He was malcontent. He was doing wild shit, all this stuff. But at least he really never made it about him until the fight with Floyd Mayweather. Then it was, I have a liquor. Then I have to be a partner. Then I want stakes in this company. Then he got the proper logo on the canvas. He, he did a lot of shit for himself after yeah. that. When he was a star star on the rise, it was all about UFC. No, it wasn't. Did the Alvarez fight. Showing up like an hour late in the mink. In the Joe Frazier. But it, that made people wait. On the UFC stream. It's not like he was doing this no, no, no. outside of... I, I get like, what you're everything saying. Everything he was doing was built to bring eyes to the company. It was always talking about Aldo. I, I will disagree And going to his favela. And he was always I, about no, UFC. He was not about UFC. I think what Conor McGregor strategically did, which I think is the smartest thing that he could have done, was he played ball, right? Early on, he was like, yo, you need somebody to fight? I'll fight. All right, cool, I'll fight in Boston. Oh, 50 Gs. They in the 50 Gs. I fight Poirier. He didn't make any, he didn't bicker, he didn't complain. He was like, I need more money to fight Chad Mendes. He's like, nah, he believed in himself, much to Connor's credit, because other fighters wouldn't have done that. Once he knocked out Chad Mendes, once he knocked out Jose Aldo, he was like, oh, fuck this place. Like, from that point on, it was like, how do I make me bigger? And and some people call it selfish. I think it was the right business decision, because he was a bona fide star after he knocked out Jose Aldo. He immediately said, oh, I want to move up a weight class. But what did he do? He lost. Yep. People forget this shit. Like, he straight up lost because he was supposed to fight Rafael Dos Anjos. And he ended up fighting Nate Diaz and he got choked out. Five days notice. Yeah. That was the best thing that could have happened to him. I don't even know if it was the – I don't know what it was, but – It made him an underdog when he had no characteristics of being an underdog. Yeah, it was just one of those things, but he he – he decided, he made a very smart decision. Like, I'm going into business for myself. Yeah. Fuck this company. Right? Like, he, I think the day he got choked out by Nate Diaz, he learned, he was like, oh, fuck them. It's about me. So I think the Eddie Alvarez fight clearly was about him because he shouldn't have been fighting for a lightweight title after all that shit, but he did. Right? Like, he wanted, oh, I'm going to fight three divisions. He wants to do whatever he wants. He made a, a business decision that broke the system. And the UFC, Dana being blinded by all the money that Conor was bringing in, he allowed him to box. It was the worst decision Dana could have made. Dana allowed that man to box, and then everybody was like, there's a lot of money over there, right? Tons. You don't show slaves food, right? Like, you don't. Like, you don't show them a full meal and say, oh, it's at the restaurant next door. All you got to do is go next door and order that. I can order that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Conor can. You can't. 
motherfuckers would be like, mutiny, bitch. Like, we're going to do this. So Nate, Masvidal, like, they all have now departed in Ganu, all because Connor realized there was food across the street, and he was like, I'm going to go get that food. It was not about the UFC at that point. He was, he was building him in the company because he was um, – the early versions of Conor McGregor was a very, uh, I don't want to call him modest, but he was very um, rational and reasonable. Yeah. Right? Like, he was very much like, oh, I got to do what it takes to become a star. I got I to gotta fight everybody. I'll fight anytime. I don't care who's, who they, line them up, I'll knock them down. And I remember that one time I interviewed him, I think we were at the UFC office, and he was like, it was, it was one of the most interesting things about Conor. I was like, this dude's nuts. He was like, I make the money, and then I spend and the money. I love him telling that story. Yeah, and he was like, so I need to make more money. And I was like, he's a sociopath. Does anybody see this? I love that way of thinking. Yeah, he I spend everything between fights. That's nuts. That's ridiculous. So he had the hunger yeah. for the next fight. But now he's he, dead broke. Now he can't spend the money. No, he got too much money. He can't give this shit away. Yeah. Like, he's <laughs> like, I'm trying to give this money away so I can be hungry again. But no, can't you, you can't do it. You're living a different life. So... All that to say, I don't see Connor headlining 300. I just don't. I think I'm sure there's like there's a conversation between like Dana White and maybe Ari Emanuel is like, yo, just give him what he wants. And Dana's like, I can't. Because if I give him what he wants, everybody's going to ask for more. How about we find somebody else? Because three, I think the UFC knows 300 is really just a number. We, we expect it to sell. Yeah. But in the grand scheme of things, we ain't releasing pay-per-view numbers anyway. No, it's just when you're at the point and you're at the bargaining table, you want to put your best foot forward. But who are you bargaining with, yourself? No, when you, you're looking for a rights deal. I think all of these combat sports rights deals are pretty much between last summer and this upcoming summer, everyone's deal went up. So you're not bargaining against yourself, but if you look at a place like Amazon... Just when it got PBC, yeah. you're just like, all right, shit, do y'all got more money? Like, I need to barter something against ESPN to make the money we want to make. And now Netflix is in the game. Mm -hmm. So now it's like, okay, cool. Like, that's another thing. Like, they already worked with the WWE. They've worked with us at Endeavor. Okay, now I can go over there and be like, yo, ESPN, we need this. Or we're going that way. But to get that offer and everything... People would kid themselves that they didn't think CM Punk made a huge difference on the Netflix deal, on Roman Reigns, Cody Rhodes, even Cena and The Rock coming back during the actor strike helped a ton for that rights deal. Because it was like, listen, we'll always have stars that can come back, that can compete. You never know. And look, they just did. Look how our numbers went up. And then you go and Netflix is like, you're right. All right, here's this bag. And then everyone follows suit. So... ESPN, I'm assuming, wants to keep UFC. They do a great job there. It seems like a great partnership. But the UFC is not done. Like, to get the money they want in the long run and to be able to run fights without paying people a ton of building stars, right at that moment when you know you, you got to sign a new deal, you got to go balls to the wall. There's, there's a very specific reason why that Miami card is stacked. Dana didn't do this shit out of the, the goodness of his heart. We're going to see a playoff-style push April or March, April, May out of this company so they get the money they want in June. So June's not going to be a bad pay-per-view either. July is going to be stacked 
because they understand these five pay-per-views are the most important in the past five years because it's going to tip maybe half a billion dollars at the overall in, you know, per year, like 500, it's the difference of 500 mil a year on a 10 year contract, which is a lot. So they gotta, they gotta make this push. And if you have Connor on the hook at all and willing to let him fight, this is when he fights. You use him when you need him. And if he's gone after July, who cares? I think that's what the UFC doesn't want. That's a, it's a shadow number, right? Cause Connor's fighting, he's not reliable, and then no network can go, well, when's he going to fight again? He's not guaranteed to fight three times in no. five years, right? The UFC's made a, a – they've made their – it's a content machine. They have multiple fights. Dude, like, look at 300. Yep. There's like seven champion, former champions on that card, right? Yep. In any other – well, in any other combat sport, in boxing, that could never happen. No. There's never going to be a card with seven champions on the card. Like, Max Holloway, Justin Gaethje, Willie Zhang. Uh, Justin Gaethje's interim champion at that. Yeah. Aljamain, well, he's the BMF champion, yeah. so don't disrespect. Aljamain Sterling, Davidson Figueredo, Cody Garbrandt, um, Holly Holm. Uh, Yuri Prohaska. Yuri Prohaska. Sterling, you you put Bo Nickel on there, who's just an amazing prospect. I understand he's not yeah. a champion. Uh, Jessica Andrade. Former champion. Yeah. Like, there's like seven champions on that card, and they can afford to make that card happen because those seven champions ain't asking for shit. <laughs> if Connor comes in and was like, I want $60 million, just like, I mean, it's, you know, it's no secret. It's kind of what ruined boxing over the years. Yeah. Like, they don't have the budget to pay everybody. So they get these cheap-ass fights on the undercard, whereas in MMA, they're just like, let's just make everybody cheap. Yep. So I don't think 300 is, like, necessarily concerned about the headliner. We are more than they are. They are a content machine. They think, I mean, the real... I think Dana's thinking a lot like you, and I think Ari and Endeavor might be thinking a lot like, like, we just did this for WWE. We stacked yeah. the deck. We spent some dough. That's true, but WWE is a star-based business. Like, pro wrestling is built on stars. Yeah. The UFC has, has turned it to be built on fights. It's not built on stars. Ah, uh, that's... I, I get you. That's tough because you're... you're Who's telling, fighting this weekend? No, I understand that. I'm just I'm, saying. Like, I'm just saying, like, you're, you're telling, especially for a pay-per-view, um, you're telling a guy like Ari Emanuel, whose entire career and legacy is building stars, managing stars, that in this company, stars don't matter. It don't. It, it's just, that's probably, like, you're probably looking at you like, stars matter everywhere, bro. They don't. Like, if, like it, if we still had Francis and Ganu right now, we'd be printing money. But we there's a have reason why problem. they don't. And we all either we had to pay them was like eight mil. They don't want them. Like, Dana White, for better or worse, the UFC has their productions in-house. Like, that's not ESPN production. No. That's UFC production. Pull the feeds. Right? Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Like, it's all Dana White's business. And as much as somebody could say, oh, yeah, well, you need a friend. You don't. The company just went on without him. Yep. Conor McGregor's been gone. Has anybody really noticed? I mean, I think I, I yeah, there is a litany of people who are just Conor McGregor fans who have surely noticed. But if, if he comes back, you will watch the wave of people who come out to watch that. But the ends don't justify the means, right? So it's like 
If an average pay-per-view, which we don't know what the numbers are, let's just assume, let's just assume 297 did $400,000. Sure. And that's a cheap-ass card. Yeah. Right? And that'd be championed in boxing. Yeah. But if it did 400000 bucks, if Conor McGregor fights, how many pay-per-view buys do you think he does? 1.3? Three times as much, right? Yeah. But he's going to ask for 10 times more. At least. Than one fighter, yeah. which will be like 15 times more than the entire card. I'd be shocked if they pay the entire card at 297, three mil. So, and Connor's gonna ask for what, 25, 30? On a on return? Yeah. Oh, he's getting 40. 40, $40 million. 40. So, $40 million for just a. Yeah, that's 10 times. Yeah, you're, you're at 13 times. So, for a 300% increase, you're gonna ask for a 1,000% increase in salary? One guy. It's going to cost you 13 times more than the entire car. And smart business says that's not a good idea. And I think that's what Dana's established. Dana, I, I'm not like Dana. Smart business by him. It is. I like, look, man, we can talk about Dana and I'm going to talk about, I don't know if you saw the Pablo Torre and Ariel Helwani interview. Uh, I saw you dropped the link. I haven't watched Boy, it. Boy, it's, it's good. It is real. Like Pablo Torre does an exceptional job. Like you just about. talked about that same topic, though. I looked I did. at that line. I like, did. But yeah. it, it, they handled it different than I handled it. We'll talk about it in a second. So say you can feel however you want to feel about Dana White. But in terms of business practice yeah. and in terms of keeping costs low and realizing that, oh, I don't need to do this, even though you should because these people are putting their lives on the line and we're making money hand over fist. Yep. We're only paying our, our fighters like 17%. Where other companies are paying 35, but these fighters are too dumb to unionize and figure it out. This is good business. This is a content churning machine. He is he ever since the pandemic, he established that. Yep. The, the pandemic was probably we shitted on him for it because it's like, man, you're taking risks. Like people are out here dying, and you're just gonna have fights. And it worked out. Yeah. He was the only show in town. And it didn't matter who was fighting, because we had nothing else to watch. True. So he's he's established that ESPN got their hooks in on it. Who's fighting this weekend? Roman Delize? Yeah, like bruh. And but people are still gonna watch it because they're conditioned to watch these fights. I'm gonna watch it. Like I'm gonna watch it too. <laughs> That's what I do. Yeah. But it's they are they have firmly established that it ain't about the fighters. It's about the fights. That's what Dana does, and it works. I don't like it, but for his bottom line, it's fan fucking tastic. Yeah, that's. It's not going to change on the overarching scale, but sooner or later, it doesn't hurt to have a star too. No, it, There's it, a reason why they brought in Kayla Harris. Well, but look, Kayla, where do you think Kayla Harris is fighting on that card? Oh, she on the free TV portion. Like that, that card is, is stacked. Like th- this, but this is what I'm saying. So, how much do you think they're paying her? Oh, uh, she's on a fifty and fifty. If I got to guess, uh, it probably, it's, it's probably more than that. No, they were just like, "Yo, you just made." Two mil. Yeah, but it's probably more than 50 and 50. It's, it's more than 50 and 50. But nevertheless, <laughs> I, I, I would. I'm not sure how much they pay female fighters. I would, I would not say it's too much to stretch. He's going to get paid more than Calvin Cater. He's going to get paid more than. I wouldn't be surprised. Is she going to get paid more than Aljo? He's a former champion. Like, he probably. just had the ch- He just had the title. They disrespect Aljo a lot, probably. They do. But Aljo let that shit happen. That's Aljo's fault. Love Aljo. If he's listening to the podcast, I know he's listened before. Love you, bro, but you made a bad decision. Yeah. Like, it was a piss poor decision. But Kayla Harris is fighting Holly Holm, who the nine lives of Holly Holm is one of the most fascinating stories in MMA. She has one marquee win that happened eight years ago. And now she gets to welcome Kayla Harris into the octagon. She about to get 
wrapped up. She's been in pretzel. Three title three title fights? Three Four. title fights. She's headlined five events. She's won like two fights. She hasn't won a title since she beat Ronda Rousey. She immediately got choked out by Misha Tate in the next fight. Yeah. She, she lost was dominating his, that fight too. Damn shit. It is no what matter. it is. She lost a, she lost to uh Cyborg. She lost to whom am I missing? Nunez. Amanda Nunez. She's only beat. She's only beat like two or three people. She beat Raquel Pennington. Who's now a champion. Who's now the champion. She lost to Myra Bruna Silva. Yeah. Anything's possible, bro. They put, she's, she's a champion. Like, she won the. Dude, think about this. Holly Holm beat Ronda Rousey eight years ago. She's going to be in a bigger spot than Aljamain Sterling, who was just the fucking champion. Yeah, but his wins were not that way. I'm, I'm just saying. Sometimes one win is all it takes. I'm just saying. Buster Douglas knocked out Mike Tyson and got a video game, right? Then he got washed by Vander Holyfield, and the boxing world was like, all right, that's enough for you. She's 100% Buster Douglas. right? But Holly Holm's still here in marquee spots, whereas anybody else with that resume, the UFC probably would have cut him. Yeah, that, that one win, though. Allows her to be a name. Eight years ago. Who the fuck is asking for Holly Holm to main event anything? You know what? She wins enough to stay around. Who? So Betts Correa? She, I, I'm pulling up her thing now. She knocked out Ronda at USC 193. 193. 2015. nine years. 107 UFC pay-per-views ago. Man, we're old. Not, like I remember that like it was yesterday. I know. I would. I remember watching it. Um. So then, what'd she do? Lost to Misha, uh-huh. technical submission. Lost to Shevchenko. Yep. Uh, lost to Jermaine Durandame. Three in a row. Three in a row. Usually three in a row is a death spell, but she's sure. still here. They ended up all being champions. Yep. So sure. And then beat Betchkaya. Who cares? By head kick. Wasn't even ranked. Lost to Cyborg. So, uh huh. In a title match, Betchkaya win. Got her a title match. Best career win got a title match. Think about that for a minute. The best career win who bets had beaten nobody got her a title fight. Yep. And she beat, went in there and shit the bed there. All beat right. Megan Anderson. Okay. That got her a title match against Amanda Nunez. <laughs> at bad weight. So she dropped back down. She gets a title match. Lost that. Uh, TKO by head kick. You know, first round. Yes, that was dirty. Nunez knocked her out. Yep. Beat Rocky. Mm-hmm. Beat Irene Aldana. Uh... Caitlin Vieira beat her, or she lost. She lost Caitlin Vieira. Yeah, uh, split decision, and just beat Yana Santos. Yana Santos is also not ranked. No, and then a no contest versus Bueno Silva. Because Bueno Silva was taking ADHD medication, and she popped for that. So that should have been a loss, too, she got submitted. Yep. And now they book her in a marquee fight with... 15 wins, 6 losses, and bad, like... Wait, if we're keeping it wait, a buck, wait, 15, she got a better resume than like Jorge Masvidal wait, did. Wait, fifteen wins, six losses, but she started off ten and zero. Yeah, what's her record since she beat Ronda? That'd be five and six. It's not. It's not great. It's not great. It, but yet she's still in these spots. She's affordable, and they've been running this preacher's daughter shit into the ground. Like Holly, dude, Holly should not be in this spot. I mean, this pro wrestling, baby. You get someone with a name, she's not as threatening. You put over your new person. Like it's, it's, it's good business. I'm just saying, I it's like crazy. That it, it's, it's crazy. But you look at 300 and you look at that, this lineup of fights. That's why I'm like, I don't think it matters who the main event is. 
Like, they don't care. The only thing that, that matters is, like, how it looks to the other fighters because I'm just like, bro, if, if the BMF title is the main event, the fuck am I fighting for any other title for? Like, if the BMF, if, if Gaethje and Holloway fight in the main event, because it's guaranteed to be up higher than... did Gaethje just main event with the BMF title, though? Salt Lake? Well, he beat Dustin Poirier for the BMF title. Yeah, that was the main event. But there was no other titles on that card. This is 300. Yeah. This is your, your big event. And a fake title headlines over the women's strawweight title. Got to bring the rock in. The, he's this, on the board now, right? Uh, he's on the TKO board. I don't know what he would be doing with the, the UFC. But well, he presented the original BMF belt. Yeah. So you got to bring him back to also do that and wrap it up. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. One, there's two things that I'm I'm very curious about. I'm going off the beaten path. One, if I'm in a heavier weight class, where's my BMF title? Fuck these smart guys. Yeah, it's true. If I'm Alex Perez, it's like, where the fuck is mine at? Yeah. If I'm Yuri Pahaska, where's mine at? Yeah, they should have the that one. It's clearly the BMF, bad motherfucker title. But they need, like, a big motherfucker. Yeah, they, there's no other BMF. Yeah. Like, I, I would be actively complaining because I'm like, yo, because the, they're getting paid pay-per-view B- points. BBMF title? Call it whatever the fuck you want. Big bad motherfucker title. But it's like these little guys get this one. And if I'm the women, I'm doing the same fucking thing. Where's my BMF title? There should be a women's title. Like, you know you know the main event is this week? Is is it this week? Rose Dam and Eunice? No, that's not this week. Is that next week? No, it's not next week. Not next week. Either. Rose Dam and Eunice is headlining a UFC fight night, bro. That's a long ways away. Is it that far away? I haven't looked at the schedule because I just stopped. Dre is at the end of March. Jesus <laughs> Christ. March 23rd, Rebus, uh, Rose Number Eunice. That's the main eventing in the Apex. Yep, right. But, yeah, no. That's Rose Number Eunice. Pretty good card. Mohamed Usman's on that card. Was parking. Who's undefeated. 
Pretty good card. Peyton Talbot. Mm. He's a good prospect. I'm paying to see that. It, no one's paying to see this. It's an apex. But that's that's my do, point. Do people pay to get into the apex? They, they do. Them. Some people do. Oh, there's yeah. tickets? There's like a a, a thing. But you yeah. have to know somebody. There's like a lottery type of thing, too, for some of those seats. But people pay. People want to go to that shit. But my, that's my point. It's like Great yo, venue. Watch fights. Like Rose, Nam, and Eunice is fighting in a fucking gym. Yep. In a training facility. Life comes at you fast, bro. But Holly Holm is at UFC 300 against the hottest women's free agent in the sport because they like her. It ain't because it's not because of accomplishments. No, they're kind of feeding her to someone, too. Maybe. If that's your idea of liking me, don't like me. Dude, but they'll feed her, and guess what? They won't hurt her. She'll get another fight. She'll headline another UFC fight night against somebody else. It'll be a nice little career for her. Often, off of what? Off one, of a head kick. Off of one head kick on Ronda Rousey. That's one hell of a head kick. Like, is that the greatest head kick in UFC history? Gotta be. It's, it's the not, most meaningful. It's the most significant, yes. But that's, that's a good question. Here's a good question. Anderson Silva's straight front face kick is up there, but like. The Vita Belfort one, yeah. yeah the Leo Machida one, we knocked Randy Couture's tooth out, is also up there. The Edson Barbosa spinning heel kick. No, that looked better. Into. But it, it didn't hold the like meaning. Significance? Yes. Yeah, the significant part of it, yes. The head kick heard around the world. Yeah, Leon Edwards' headshot dead. Mar- head yeah. Is also pretty good. Is Holly Holm a bigger star than Amanda Nunez? In this sport? Yes. Crazy. You know why. To that audience, she brings something that's very, I don't want to say safe, very relatable. Very vanilla. And the moniker of the preacher's daughter. There's there's shit people can kind of get behind um, with Holly Holm, where, yeah, she's, she was the perfect person to be Ronda Rousey because they could market her and they've made a lot of money off of her. Amanda Nunez beating Ronda is an afterthought. No one mentions that unless you say head movement. Like you don't even remember that for Amanda Nunez. And Amanda would have beat the brakes off her if they fed her to her at the same time they fed her to Holly. They signed Holly specifically to get Ronda the hell out of here. No, or try. They, to try. They they signed her for because Ronda was trying to be a fucking boxer. Yeah, and it was the it was the threat. Yeah. And it was like, okay, yeah. this person has skills that may give Ronda trouble, blah, blah. For a year, year or two, before Holly even got there. They signed her because people were like, this woman could be Ronda. And then she did. And it was like, cool. Everything she did after that did him no favor, but it did enough. Cause Ronda was gone. And but you pay Holly a lot less, and she kind of still has that mystique. So she, she took that from Ronda enough where she made you a lot of money just by beating Ronda. Amanda, they didn't push Amanda the same. Nope. And the audience cannot relate to Amanda Nunez. Nope. The, the biggest thing you can say about UFC fans in a nice way about Amanda Nunez is that, and this is horrible, so it's a shitty thing to say, but it's the nicest thing you can say about them, is that, they ignored that she was gay. They ignored that she was a lesbian woman. Yep. They didn't badger her about it. They didn't want to hear about it. But even when, because her wife is a fighter and they have a child, they were like, 
I understand it. Cool. Your rights to fighter, come in the ring, blah, blah. But it was never really super celebrated how it should have been. And the fans couldn't relate to that. I hardly believe a lot of them, that's against their beliefs. Yeah. It, it, the biggest thing they did was just ignore it and just say, all right, whatever. Because if it was, I'll tell you this, if it was a male openly gay fighter and he beat probably, what did Amanda beat? Every great woman to ever compete everyone, in the UFC. Everyone. If an openly gay male fighter, they would berate him. Mm-hmm. There'd be homophobic chants in the building. Sure. It'd be a bunch of Andrew Tate rhetoric. We saw Sean Strickland say, if you have a, a gay son, you should be embarrassed. Yeah. All this. Imagine a gay champion, openly male gay champion. Not in this environment. I'd pay money to see that shit and him just knock the block off of Sean Strickland. But all this leads to my point. Holly Holm has headlined more events, yeah. not pay-per-views, than Amanda Nunez off of one thing. Now, the circle all the way back, and then we can talk about the rest of the stuff. This is the reason why the UFC doesn't care about building stars. The sport is far too volatile to invest in one person. Yeah. The because, biggest thing that hurt Connor is he can't win anymore. No, yeah, that's the thing. Like, in boxing, you can protect. Yeah. It's like, all right, we're going to book you again, such and such. Unless you're Ryan Garcia wants to fight everybody, but you were like, nah, we're going to later, they'll protect him, too. They'll let him take his They're losses. They're going to have to at some point, but it's rebuild. like the UFC... MMA, you can't do that. It's too volatile. So if I put all, push all my chips in on Conor McGregor, they ain't losing Nate Diaz. Yeah. It's like, all right, let's take these chips back, right? Now well, let's try again. Habib beat Conor. It's like, ah, all right, let's take our chips back. The you biggest. Poirier fight. People got right back up. Right. And they were like, Poirier ah. beat him twice. I was like, all right, we're going to take our chips back. You can't invest in a star because creating a star, because Sean O'Malley's going to fucking lose. Yeah. If it ain't to Cheeto Vera, he's losing his very next fight. Izzy's a star, and he's lost three times in, like, the past three yeah. years. How about this? The UFC, there is no champion, aside from Volkanovski, who has defended the title more than twice in any weight class right now. Yeah. And Volk has lost. And Volk has lost. In between that. Volk has <laughs> like, Volk he just didn't lose his yes. title. Yeah, he just didn't lose the title. He but has, he, even he lost, as great as he is. So there's no champion on the roster right now that has had three successful title defenses. Islam Makhachev is probably your most dominant champion. But that's just the vol- how volatile the sport is. So, and the- much like Habib, Habib is weird because he it took a long time because people are like, oh, I don't really like him, blah, blah. And then he beats Connor and he gets the Connor rub and then he becomes like a cult hero to the fan base. But outside of that, like, Islam's not going to get that same rub. No, d- no, no, no. And again, the fan base can't relate to... A devout Muslim guy being your champion. No. It's not their thing. They can ignore it, and they can root for him in spite of it, but, and they can just be cordial, but they're not going to be behind him. No. Like, your, your, your longest reigning champions right now are Islam Akhtiev, Leon Edwards, Willie Zang. Willie Zang? Be Carlos Sparza? No, Willie had just lost not too long. Yeah, she did. But she still won her longest reigning. I think your thing is my point. Like, because the other belts just Grasso, just be Shevchenko. Like, you look at this lineup of fighters. Ari Man was like, let's create a star. And Dan's like, how? Yep. Like, how? I'm putting who I think will be the next women's champion, Kayla Harrison, in here with Holly Holm. She could very well lose that fight. Get head kicked out. Right. Like, you it just could have. Like, like, Aljamain Sterling was just a champion. He's fighting Calvin Cater. Uh, Marab. 
looks like the guy who's going to be the champion at Bantamweight. Like, do we really trust O'Malley? And O'Malley's going to ask for a boxing match. Yeah. If, if O'Malley beats Cheeto Vera, O'Malley's going to be knocking at that door. I want to fight Tank. Tank, Ryan. It's Tank. like, what are we talking about, bro? You're going you're gonna to lose your next fight. There is, it's too volatile. The UFC is not going to invest in champions because there's nothing to invest in. They don't hang around. There's no, the only other champion you could invest in is John Jones. He just got injured. <laughs> like, damn shit. The motherfucker can't stay out of trouble, but... He'll probably be International Fight Week. Yeah, but... I think he'll be healthy enough by then to have him, Stipe, International Fight Week. If the UFC understood how to market John Jones, even with all his transgressions, even with all the shit that he happened, this dude, they should treat him like God. Because nobody goes undefeated for that long. Too late. They, they blew it. Yeah, it's too late. They blew it. You got to find the next one. They ain't going to find the next one. No, I, I don't think there will ever be another John Jones. And this sport is very tough. It's too hard. Yeah. It's matchmaking issues. They're hoping a guy like Bo Nickel can be. He'll lose. I think so, They'll too. They'll run him up the ladder. He's going to lose. Like, even, even Islam Makachev has lost. I don't know if Bo Nickel is going to lose. It's going to be a while. Yeah. If, they, if they have Bo Nickel fight Hamza Kamaev, Bo Nickel's going to lose. Sure. For right now, but like that, in but two that, years... I'm just saying, but oh the, my God. The, the UFC doesn't do this. Let's build them up. Like, this is about as much building up Bo Nichols about to get. He'll probably fight two more fights, and they're going to rank him in the top 10, and oh, they're going to run him yeah. up the ladder. Once and they hope, light it. And they're going to hope for the best. And you're like, please win. Because he, he is their great white hope right now, Bo Nickel, by far. He is the guy that they want to run up the ladder with the American flag and shit. Yeah. But he's going to fuck around and lose. So then Dana White's going to be like, this is why I don't yeah, build stars. I'm putting stars. no one in there with Hamza. But that's what I'm saying. I bet the far one, Hamza, but he's not a star. But no. not in that company. And he almost lost to Gilbert Burns. Gilbert Burns gave him hell. Yeah. He should be a star, but did not. He should. This is not, what the UFC, this is not the business of the UFC. The business of the UFC is like we're taking. Hamza has some potential. It does, but, we but know why. we're taking one fighter versus another fighter. We're going to put him in there, and then you guys are watching the fight. Fuck the fighters. That's why Poirier was going to fight Benoit saying his knees. What the fuck is Poirier doing fighting that guy? Like, that's crazy. Like Beat Connor twice. Yeah, like, and I'm fighting him now? Who's this guy? In a five-round, like, non-main event for nothing? Yeah. It's the UFC. That's how they handle business. Some people love it. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. We'll see how it plays out in the next five years, not building stars. Because everything's great, and your sport is great, and people, again, when people love your sport, they love it. But are you building new fans? It's a hot. You know who did that same shit? Baseball. Yeah. And they were like, you know what? We have stars. Steroids are kind of bad. We got to clean this shit up. They had a lot less stars. Yeah. And then it was just like, eh, eh. No, baseball has a whole lot of issues. And then, but it's America's pastime. You were just going to show up and love baseball. No, they're not. Go to Tropicana Field. They, they are not. And the UFC could run into that same problem in five years. They could. Where it's just like, we had stars, and we thought it was just the brand. And who cares about McGuire, Bonds? They're not going to be all fake, blah, blah. Clement, all right. We still, they had Jeter and all the stuff trying to make Jeter. Okay, but he's not hitting a million home runs. We've seen this. Yeah. Like, we fell in love with the star power. Now you don't have any. Now it's like, okay, Mike Trout. Like, okay, but he's not Bonds. He's not packaged like that. It ain't sexy. No. So what are we, oh, pitching is going to be great. We're out here watching 2-0 games. Like, what are you, and young people are just like, this shit ain't hot. The next thing you know, the sport's still around. You're going to have a sport. They're still spending money hand over fist. But it's like, you guys aren't what you were. 
You're not cool. You're not hot. And the UFC can find themselves in that same place, taken for granted and thinking, oh, the sport's just good enough that people are going to love it. Yeah, I agree. No, people fell in love with this. You, you can attribute 30, 40% of your casual fan base to Conor McGregor and Ronda Rousey. Yes. Maybe more. I might be lowballing that shit of casual fans, of people who have never seen an Anderson Silva fight. Oh, yeah. Let alone a fight before then. Mm-hmm. You know, like, no fucking clue. But they know Ronda and Conor. And you're not building that. You're not getting that. In. And you have to. That should be the goal. Um, real quick, before we invite our guest on, we have Randy Brown from UFC fighting this weekend. Here to talk with us. We're just going to talk about a couple of the fights coming up. Um, Roman Delize fighting this weekend. Emovov, that's the main event. <laughs> I think Roman should win that one. Like a $16.75 main event. I can order a fat burger. I don't even know what they're ranked. Roman's like top 10. Yeah, like. I'm Evolve is, I think he's outside. Like, yeah, like but this is your, 13. This, this is your main event. Uh, Moicano versus Drew Dober. It's a good fight. Renato Moicano, Drew Dober fight's a good fight. It's weird. Drew Dober's always too handsome to just be bloody and beat up. I don't know how fight. he made his chin like that. Like. If I was that handsome, like, he's a handsome fellow. Yeah, he'll I'm not be, getting punched in the face. No, nah, he'd be combing his hair and shit. Like yeah. That. And then Randy Brown, um, Salikov, and that other one. Randy looking to build another winning streak, so we'll talk to him about that. But, yeah, the card's not, like, super stacked this weekend. This is just like, hey, there's some fights. Yeah, it's just like, hey, what do you want to do before Super Bowl week? You yep. want to watch some fights? Sure. Ain't nothing else on. Yeah, like, Conor Ben is fighting in boxing at, like, noon in Vegas at the Cosmo. Is that this weekend? That is this weekend. I didn't apply for credentials. I did, but I'm not going. Okay. <laughs> I, I looked at it. I was like, what time? I got to go to a funeral. And I was like, I, I want to go to that shit. Interesting. The only, Why the only, do I get free tickets? Then? <laughs> I mean, uh, I, don't, I don't anticipate. It's an early fight because they're treating it like a UK fight. Yeah. But Very odd. And then uh, next week, because we won't be in the studio, so Jack, Jack Hermanson um, versus Joe Pfeiffer. I mean, event. I mean, they're trying to build Pfeiffer up, so. I get it. He should win that fight, but I don't care. I don't think anybody cares. Super Bowl week. Anybody? I mean, there's going to be a few people that are going to pull up to the apex. That's what the UFC is yeah. banking on. Like, what? Can we get Max Crosby to come through? Like, that's what they're looking at. Yeah, what, just it, something to do on Saturday. Yeah, we ain't got shit. We'll be at Collision. Andre Touchy Feely's on that. Yeah. We will be at Collision. We'll be at AEW. But the same thing, AEW is just like, yo, maybe some people just pull through. Yeah, just, hey, people are here, so why not? That's like it. wrestling, George Kittle might pull up and he's not going to pull up. But Michael Johnson's on that card. See, he's still here. Still around. Ring and 22 bills. and 19. He's the most curious. Like, I, every time he fights, I'm just like, yo, he has the craziest resume in the U.S. Dude, he knocked out Dustin Poirier. Wow. He's still here. He put the hands on Khabib before he got choked out. Yep. For a lot of time. I'm not sure anyone's hit Khabib like he hit Khabib. No, to my, this day. Yeah. And then he just baffles me by losing to the worst people. That's how he functions. <laughs> it's wild. So, yeah, those <laughs> are the next two weeks. Um, we're gonna hit a quick break. Wait, before we do that, because I, I mentioned it, um, I did mention the Pablo Torre and Ariel Hawaii did. interview, and I don't want to spend too much time on it. I just want people to watch it. Uh, Pablo's podcast. Ariel makes this very good point. Ariel's great at this. Uh, the the point I was talking about is like hate speech is what's the freedom of speech. Ariel said Ariel's like the history of the UFC. Like Dana's lying basically, and he had receipts. Of interviews he did with Dana, and I almost forgot. Remember Matt Mitrione? Yeah, what about him? Remember him getting suspended? 
Remember what he got suspended for? No. Calling Fallon Fox a freak. And Dana White, in an interview with Ariel Helwani, said, we don't need that kind of language in the UFC. Keep your beliefs at home. We don't need you to voice that. When Yoel Romero talked about, still to this day, we don't know if he said gay Jesus or good Jesus. Yeah. Remember that post-fight <laughs> yeah. interview? Dana White, in an interview, said, we don't care about your religion. Keep that shit at home. Don't talk about it here. I've mentioned before, Miguel Torres got fired for the rape van tweet. Yep. Uh, who else did he bring up? So Mitrione, um, somebody else he brought up because it's bad for sponsors. Dana brings this up. You shouldn't talk. And it was like the most sensible version of Dana White I had ever seen. And I was like, I forgot about this. Yep. He changed his tune with Trump. 2020. Uh, well, yeah. Trump becomes president, and you watch how Dana White starts to change to this freedom of speech character. In 2020, when Dana's trying to put on those events, and the media was like, don't do that. It's kind of reckless. Then Dana starts going, we should do whatever we want. But the fact that Dana now says freedom of speech, you say what you want, has been a lie for at least 10 years. And it's great. Like I, I advise everybody to watch the interview because Pablo Torre sets it up, and Ariel knocks him down. And you watch how they pull all this together. And then the bigger point that it's like, well, who's freedom of speech? Because Ariel's like, I got fired from Fox because I was doing my journalistic duties. Yep. You're silencing me. That's breaking. Not, that's not freedom. It's like, I'm not breaking business news. I'm breaking fight news. And I got fired because Lorenzo Fertitta wanted me out of the company. When he got kicked out of the building for announcing the Brock Lesnar news, which everybody found out five minutes later anyway. Yep. That's violating his freedom of speech. Why can't he say that? He didn't, wasn't told not to tell anybody. He confirmed everything just like Woj or Adam Schefter would do. And they was like, you can't do that. You're out of here. We're going to pull your credential. So it, I advise everybody to watch it because anybody who was on the fence when they listened to us talk about it, watch Ariel and Pablo Torre break down this freedom of speech thing. And then you'll go, oh, this is fucked up. <laughs> it ain't freedom of speech. It's the freedom to say what we want you to say. Crazy. It's all on the agenda. I can't wait. I'll watch it right after this because it's one of those things where, yeah, once Trump became a thing and you know Dana started going on the political campaign trail, he just naturally adopted a lot of those same ideologies. Yep. And a lot of the same lingo, and says stuff like woke, and he like all the vernacular, all this stuff. He just adopted it from that campaign and like the MAGA rhetoric. Because that's what he was around. Yeah, exactly. So it's not freedom of speech. It's freedom to do what your friends do. Yep. Do what I want to do yep. if you're Dana White. So, no, we'll, we'll take our quick break now. Again, you guys stay tuned. Randy Brown's joining us. Always hilarious. Always great. Uh, my man's Jamaican. Lives in Queens. You know, connection there automatically. We're going to ask him about his fight this weekend. And, you know, what it's like. You know, he went on a great run in the UFC. Took a tough loss. And now he's bouncing back trying to go on another good run. Ask him what he learned from that and where he sees his future in the UFC. So don't go anywhere. Be right back right after this. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. 
All right, everybody, as promised, we are here with our guest, Randy Brown from the UFC, fighting this weekend. Randy, thanks. You just got in from a run, working hard still on fight week. We appreciate you taking the time out. Uh, yeah, man, it's, it's, it's good to see you. Uh, thanks for having me, man. I appreciate it. Of course, of course. Big fight weekend for you. You were just on a five-fight winning streak and then tripped up a little bit, and that happens in the UFC. We see this happen all the time. How much do you learn from a loss like that? And do you learn more when you have a, a quick loss like that compared to even the five fights where mostly you were dominant in those fights? Um, yeah, you know, there's always something to take away. You always take away something from every situation, whether it's win, lose, or draw. But, you know, sometimes in this game, there's so many tangibles, there's so many uh, variables. So, you know, you zig when you're supposed to zag. That's definitely a possibility and shit happens, you know. So you just got to reassess and, and, and uh, you know, correct the things, the mistakes that you did in that moment and make sure that never happens again and keep it pushing. So, Randy, you got a, a fight with an opponent. Uh, Muslim is, a, you know, he's a highly decorated kickboxer as a, you know, coming off a loss, but he's a highly decorated kickboxer. You, for the most part, have only lost to ranked fighters that are highly ranked or top prospects or what have you. What do you think the UFC thinks of you when they put you in a matchup like this? Because usually, you know, again, you lost to Bilal Muhammad, you lost to Jack Della Maddalena, but you've beaten some high-level opposition too. So what do you think your place is right now with the promotion in terms of where they see you, how close you are to being ranked, things of that nature? Um... I don't know. I don't think that really even matters. Uh, for me, it's more so just about focusing on what's next. You know what I mean? And and continue to push towards towards the um, the rankings and, and, and onwards. So it's one of those things where it's like sometimes you got to be twice as good. You slip up. Everybody's path is different. Some people have easier paths. Some people have harder paths. It is what it is. I know the caliber fighter I am, so it doesn't matter. You know what I mean? Ultimately, I'm going to get to where I need to get. I just got to be twice as good sometimes. You know what I mean? So We'll, we'll, we'll break it to the rankings. It doesn't matter what they think. you got to be undeniable, and I'll just continue to be undeniable. We've seen more so than ever before that no matter where you're ranked, if you're entertaining, if you have good fights, there's always an opportunity for those type of fighters. Whether someone pulls out late and you exactly. jump in and you're fighting a guy next to you know he's two and you were ranked 14, how important is it to stay ready for these fights? Because you're very active in the history through the course of your fighting career. How important is it to make sure that you're staying sharp so you can always be ready for those opportunities? Um, it's extremely important, man. I'm always in the gym. I'm always learning. I'm always uh, growing and developing and looking to become a best version of myself. So that's what it's all about, man. It's having fun and learning and enjoying the ride and, um, you know, just continue to seek greatness, man, and just chasing after it, you know, with, for, <laughs> with a ferocity, you know what I mean? Yeah. So that's really what I'm on, man. So that's why... It's important for me to stay ready and not turn on any fights. Whenever they say, yo, Randy, I'm there. You know what I mean? And that's why I'm so active. Yo, what was going on with you that the, the fight had to be pushed? Because it was originally scheduled for 296. <coughs> was it just a regular illness? And how much did you try to fight through that to still make the, the, the card at UFC 296 instead of at a fight night? Man, I tried my best to make it happen. But uh, it didn't, didn't happen. I, I, had a, I had the flu turned into pneumonia. You know, and, um, you know, I tried the doctors just wasn't having their monitoring me. 
throughout, you know, my weight cut and everything, but that, they weren't having it, man. So I was trying to act like I was good, but I wasn't good. Yo, you know, so Randy, the best, Randy, the Randy, pneumonia, bro, <laughs> pneumonia. I and to be fair, I didn't know it was pneumonia at the time. Remember, I didn't right. think I thought I had just had I had a little cough. I'm like, ah, I'll be better by then. I, I know I'll be good. And yeah, it, once I started cutting the weight, my everything just tanked like this, and I was like, all right, it's done. I mean, did did you? If a doctor would have cleared you, would you have still fought? <sighs> Against my better judgment, probably. But, you know, that's what my team is around me for, you know, to kind of pull me out of that, you know what I mean, and guide me in the right way. Because naturally, and I don't want to be like, oh, I'm a fighter, I'm tough, I'm tough, I'm tough, like like on some meathead shit. But it's just one of those things where you grind so hard and you work so hard. And like I just told you, you, you develop all these new things and you're like, this time, wait till I get out there. I'm about to... I'm about to just just watch, you know, and then all of a sudden, no, slow down. You're sick, you know. So I'm like, no, but I could, I could do it. I know. I. So it's like that build up, you know. You don't want right. to feel let down, and then just you don't want to, you know. You you set things in place throughout just for your life in general, and you're like, yo, I want this so bad, and then um, it doesn't happen, and you can set back. Things get pushed back, and you just got to sit with it, and you know. So it's more so that you know, it's a, a feeling of like disappointment in yourself more so than anything else. With that being said, how good does it feel coming into this fight healthy and making sure that, you know, the, the weight cut is easier and everything's different than the last time? Oh, yeah. Now it feels amazing. I can't wait to get in there and rock out, man, and show, you know, show my evolution, you know, my continuous growth and show the reason why I've been here for so long and continue to have success. You know what I mean? And show them where I should be, why I should be where I think I should be. You know what I mean? So I just got to keep reminding people, you know, sometimes all right, last performance, we got the dub, but it wasn't like I didn't blow people away. All right, stop. shit happens, styles make fights, but I got something for, you, something for you this time. Let's see. Man, I'm curious because you signed with the UFC, you were on looking for a fight, which is like, what is that, 2016? I think it was? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, you've been with the promotion now for almost eight years, bro. Eight years. And you've had a chance to grow in the company. So it's like some fighters come in, they fight in, in regional promotions and they show up and they, you know, they've already figured out who they are, right? You've had a chance to figure out who you are while a part of the UFC. How close do you think you are to peaking? Because it's so different when you first showed up for now. Like, we could see that you develop. And right now you're telling us there's more that you got to yeah. offer. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And that's a fact. But here's the, here's the thing, right? Remember, when I came to the UFC, I was, what, six and all? I was a baby. Yeah. Who did I fight? I ain't fight. And I fought for a championship when I was 2-0, and and I had to defend my belt, you know, from 2-0 and all the way to 6-0 and before I got to the UFC. I learned on the job actively against killers. So that's why, you know what I mean? That's why you may see I, I had a bump in the road here and there, right? But it's because I'm lear- I had the chance to learn again. I, I got through into the shark tank. Everybody from my, from my, my, my school, my, my class of fighter at that era, they're all gone. They all got smoked up and cooked up. I'm still here grinding. And, and, and still taking it to them, you know what I mean? So, like, it's one of those things where I had to learn on the job. Y'all got to see me grow. Y'all got to see me work from the ground up. So I should be in my prime right now, technically. Right? I should be in my prime. But, again, styles make fights, and I still haven't had a chance to show. So in the gym, I train with some of the best people in the world, you know what I mean? And, and I'm, a, I'm hell in that room. So... I know that tells me that tells me all I need to know about me and where I am. You know what I mean? So when I get out there, I got a lot to prove. 
let me follow that with this. You're 2-0, you fight for a championship. In your head, at that time, you're a baby, but do you think, man, can't nobody whoop me? Can't nobody, I, I'm 2 Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> oh, hell yeah. <laughs> that's natural. That's normal. That's not like, nah, none of these dudes care. Who could beat me? So that's why I'm like, yo, who they got? Send them next. I'll take that. I'll take that. What's up? But then as you as you get into that that, that the ocean, because I was a big fish, small pond, right? Now you get into the ocean and you start to see these sharks, these whales, and you're like, okay, okay, that's what that feels like. Okay, boom. That, oh, okay, I'm learning. Let me get that. Let me take that. Let me go develop that. Next thing you know, you are that ocean shark. You are that that whale. You know what I mean? And you you got those same kind of skills that they got, you know, and um, you know, you just develop and 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 you become that guy before you even know it. So um it's just a matter of just showing people and letting people get a chance to see what it is. Yeah, man, we can't wait to see the new skills you develop for this fight. But I couldn't wait to have you on the show because you are the first Jamaican guest I got on the show as a fighter. I'm telling you, I need, I need to know this. Top three Jamaican dishes. What are your top three? Top three. Top three. I mean, the national dish. I don't know, so I forgot the national dish. Oh, the gate. National dish. Aki and saltfish. You know what I mean? Of course, of course. Uh, yeah, boiled dumpling. Preferably boiled dumpling. I like the fried dumpling thing, but you know, boiled <laughs> dumpling. Um, what else? What else? What else? Um, you say oxtail. Oxtail is good, you know, but... For, if it didn't cost me, $40 a plate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go run down. For number two, I'm going to go run down. You know what I mean? Oh. With the, with the um, salt mackerel and all that. You know, um, I like ground food with like uh yellow yam and that kind of stuff. Um, three, hmm, uh, good old fashioned soup, man. Some chicken soup. Ooh. You know, I love soup, so it. Yo, you went off the beaten path. I like it. I like know, that. Right? That's real deal. Yo, my first Jamaican barbecue. I had go head soup. Changed my life. It was crazy. <laughs> it was, <laughs> people don't. That sounds crazy. Yo, it was people delicious. Delicious. I never soup, had it because of that. Different in Jamaica, bro. Yeah, soup is different. In- incredible, incredible. Curry goat's my go-to, by the way. Like you know, a beef patty curry yeah. goat. Yo, I'm a rat. Yo, what what is what, a, what is a go-to a, meal a, for a, you though, bro? Like a, after this fight, like what do you eat? I just like good food, man. You're in Vegas, I like man. Good like, food. do you go somewhere in Vegas? Or you get the hell up out of here and go home and eat. Um, what is it? What is it? Barry's or Benny's, I would have had a steak. I had probably had the best steak I ever had. I was here like late last year. I don't remember. I think it's Barry's. I'm probably going to go there after the fight. Okay, nice little steak. I mean, listen, you live in Queens, right? Like That's what food I'm saying. Is. Mm-hmm. I, I would just hop the first plane and I'd be like, yo, I'm, just, I'm, going, I'm going, going back to the city. I got to eat good food. Yeah, we have everything. We have everything in Queens. And it's a, and I live in a, a Jamaica diaspora, Jamaican diaspora. So it's all Jamaican food oh, and like cool. all different kind of people. Damn, how do you make weight? How do you make weight? It's. I'm not as big as people think I am. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I would have ate myself worth of jerk chicken just right. in a whole different weight class. <laughs> hey, that's not bad for you. Chicken, the jerk chicken is not bad because everyone out the jerk chicken you could it's just lit, it's cooked on fire yeah right. it's just a, it's just sauce that's really makes it you take away the sauce you just season it take away all that sauce and you eat it it's like eating grilled chicken oh listen cutting weight and eating just jerk chicken better. that's it that's all I need in my yeah. life I I'd be, <laughs> I'd be a lightweight light heavyweight in a second <laughs> don't tell me that don't have number jerk chicken uh nah man it's it's really great you're feeling good going into this fight how do you see it going like when you when you predict in your mind, when you close your eyes, when you fall asleep at night, and you think about what's going to happen this weekend, how do you see this fight ending? With my hand raised, 
with my hand raised, wherever he want to take it, I'm willing to show that I'm better anywhere and everywhere. You know, that's, that's really it, you know. Um, I can't predict. I don't know what's going to happen. I can only control the things that I've worked on in the gym and control myself. And if I go in there and at the best version of me, ain't nobody can stop me. Facts. Our, our producer, Nick's from Queens, he always bets submissions. He gets like three submissions on a card. I'm going to have him put your name down, though. I'm telling you, kickboxing versus you? Sub. Lock it in, Nick. Put it, put it on the bets this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel That's it. That's <laughs> nah, it's, it's gonna be great randy thank you for taking time out especially working hard joining us for this little bit of time we really appreciate it can't wait to watch your fight thanks so much sure. we'll, we'll definitely no check thank back you. in after this after you get this win and go on your next little winning streak so it's, it's gonna be great to watch sir appreciate yes, sir. it absolutely thanks for having me of course, so of course. everyone is randy brown ufc make sure you guys tune in this weekend watch him fight Going to put on one hell of a show. It's a nice little card this weekend, too, so make sure you guys tune in for that one. It's been one hell of a show. We appreciate you all for listening, as always. Shout out to everyone who's already signed up for the Patreon. If you haven't, don't wait. Make sure you guys jump on that. Get on there. Thank you to everyone here at Blue Iron Studios in the Wind Resort in Las Vegas. For myself, for the old man, Andreas Hill. Till next time, we're out. Peace. I'm the